podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. Paddy's going to jump on, I think, there in a moment, but I just said I'd get started because uh, it's half past nine, and that's the time we do the podcast. Well, in and around half past nine is the time we do the podcast, but hope you all have had a fantastic week. I hope your weekend is even better, and I hope that Aston Villa come away out of this weekend with a win because Crystal Palace are a bit of a bogey team for us. Well, it's kind of swings and roundabouts, I think, with Crystal Palace, but... I just have these unearing memories of of games against Crystal Palace, specifically since we've since we've been um, promoted. That when we play poorly against Palace, we play really poorly against Palace. And yeah, it's it's specifically, I suppose, when we go to Selhurst Park. Now, thankfully, this is going to be in Villa Park, so we don't have to worry about that. But Crystal Palace are a team that haven't been really setting the world alight at the moment. And uh, Aston Villa obviously coming off the win against um, against Everton. God, yeah, nearly forgot. Nearly forgot who we played last week. Uh, coming off a win against Everton uh, last week, we'll be hoping to build upon that. And without looking too far down the, I suppose too far down the road with regards to uh, you know fixtures, points, accumulation of points, us being on the the fact that we're on thirty one points, we would be hoping that. Um, you know, we could pick up some wins over the next four or five games against teams that are in and around us again. Because one of the criticisms, I think, I think it's fair to call it a criticism, but one of the criticisms that uh, that I suppose we would have had under St- under Dean Smith and and as well under Steven Gerrard was we didn't really beat the teams around us. Now, I hate the phrase... I hate the phrase, beat the teams that you're expected to beat. I hate that phrase. The reason I hate it is because we're Aston Villa. We're not expected to beat anyone. So we just but beating the teams that are around us is what's going to make you pull away from that group or it's what's going to keep you in that group if you don't beat those teams. So that's why when we play against the next five games, we're going to play against, I think, all teams that are either equal with us in points, i.e. Chelsea, or teams that are now currently below us. And I think that's really what the crux of this season is going to boil down to. And it's a great opportunity for us to pick up 7, 8, um, 12 points. I don't know however many points you guys think we're going to get from the next four games. It's a great opportunity for us to pick up those points and uh, see how this team grows. Now, my good friend and confidant, Paddy, is in. And Paddy is here. Look at that for a short. He came on a short and everything. Whoa. Good evening. Hello, Paddy. I was having a little bit of a monologue there. Was I didn't get a chance to suck my point, but um, how are things with you? I'm in holiday mode as well, by the way. I'm off. I'm off work tomorrow, and I'm going to a lovely place, but a brilliant, lovely place called Castle Leslie in County Monaghan. Oh wow! Happy yeah, days. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be living up Downton Abbey style for the next couple of nights. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying life at the moment. <laughs> Good to hear it. Well, some some of us have to work tomorrow, so 
I get go way out of it now. The amount of matches you've been over to. <laughs> I, I deserve this one, Paddy. I deserve this. Why not? Uh, Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we've got Crystal Palace. I might be going to Castle Leslie, but we've got Crystal Palace um, at the weekend. See what I did there? Palace, Castle. No? Didn't work? Did work? I don't know. Oh, um, oh. But we've got Crystal Palace at the weekend, Paddy. And I was just thinking, I was just talking there and... and well, I've got absolutely no statistics to back up, and I know that AVFC Stato has popped some stats in there that we're going to share on screen in a moment. I just always feel that when we play against Palace, uh, if we have a bad game against Palace, it goes horrendously wrong. And am I right to think that, Paddy, or is that just time playing tricks on me? Yeah, we haven't. Um, they always seem to get something out of us every time we play them. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. We haven't had the best of luck against them uh, going back to that one where Jack got booked for diving, even though Lansbury put the ball in the back of the yeah, net by yeah. by nobody's friend, Kevin friend. So, yeah, we haven't had we haven't had much luck in that in, in the fixture at all. I suppose the best thing, the best bit of luck we could hope for this weekend is our old friend Saha not to be fit because he kind of takes the pressure off the rest of them with his tomfoolery that if we'll play we'll call it that something nicer than what i usually call it but yeah he's uh he's been a thorn in our side and he 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 can take the pressure off he he can keep the ball up the other end of the pitch he can also put the ball out of play and get in the referee's face and kill 30 seconds or so and uh he's quite good at it and nobody ever calls him emmy martinez when he does it but that's his uh that's his the benefit of having him in your team but um Absolutely. Yeah, I they're mean, not. The... has there that since the start of last season, this just, just will just tell you how important Zaha is to, to, oh, wow. the, to the team. Yeah. Um, Palace have won just ten percent of their Premier League games compared to thirty-one percent when he features. So, and you know when he when he's on it against Villa, he's on it. But um, Villa like to wind him up as well. You know, mm. Zaha versus Mings is a is a trilogy at this stage. You know. And uh, and I'd prefer him not to be there because, uh, uh, you know, because he's a good player. He's a really good player. And oh, I yeah. I prefer him not to be there at the weekend. And I think mm. it's pointing towards the fact that he'll be doing well to be there, but it wouldn't rule him out if that's if that makes sense. Yeah, and and I think I think from uh, somebody quoted Vieira today to say that. Uh, he more than likely will be fit and he has trained whether that means he'll be on the bench or not I don't know mm. um, but look we've we, we got to play our own game and I think I think if we inflict our game as we have been doing I, I think they'll struggle with us um, they're not shipping an awful lot of goals so we, we will struggle to break them down as well Yeah, but uh, I, I, I can't see anything but a win but our home form hasn't been the best so uh, who knows what might happen at the weekend yeah, and look, as this, as you said, we got to concentrate in our own game. And one man who's definitely going to concentrate in his own game is going to be Ollie Watkins because with eight goals so far this season, Ollie Watkins can become the first Villa player to reach double figures in three consecutive top flight campaigns since Christian Benteke. And um, once again, I'm coming to this one half cooked, but there's only been a handful of Aston Villa players who've done that in Premier League history. I think Dwight Lark is another one. I think Gabby did it. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Dion Dublin might have. Possibly, um, yeah. But I'm I'm shaky on the Dion Dublin one. So, like, we haven't had strikers who've been good over a concerted period of time. Like, and what I mean by that is three, four years in a row. And I think it's important for the club to have a striker. And I've said this before. I've been saying it all year. 
it's important for the club to have a striker they can rely on because if you've got a striker that's in a good vein of form, you always have a chance. I always bring it back to, you know, Spurs have had some really good players. They've had some really good managers over the last few seasons. But when Harry Kane isn't banging them in left, right and centre, and when Son takes a year off, we, you know, even though they've had a very, very good start to the season, they could very easily still finish in Champions League positions. The feeling around White Hart Lane is that they're having a very underperforming season. And that's because they don't feel like they're really in with chances in games at times because they don't have that forward and a hot streak. So fair play to Ollie Watkins. He equaled Paul Rideout's um, record last week. And he's mm-hmm. gunning down Andy Gray's this week, if I'm not mistaken. I think I read that somewhere. Andy Gray scored six? I think he did score six in a row. No. Um, I, think I, know there were, I know there was someone back at the turn of the last century that, that got seven or eight, but... Uh, it was Pongo Warring or something. No, it was long before that, I think. I think it was it was back in the real early days, um, 1912 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, he's he, he's he's on a and and let's face it, this this is the fixture he wants if he if he's in that kind of form, um, yeah. he he will get in, he he will put it up them for sure, um, yeah, he, he got six in nineteen seventy seven, and he graded, yeah, mm. um, Michael Huggins says it was Pongo that got I, seven. I did, what I what I read wasn't Pongo wearing anyway, so maybe there's someone who got more than that again. I don't know. But uh, it was back before Pongo Waring's time. I think Pongo Waring was around war times, wasn't he? But the one I read was about 1912. Um, I, yeah, I, so... I, can't, I can't understand as well how, um, how actually, yeah, how we don't haven't had another person by the name of Pongo play for the club as well because it's uh, <laughs> like it's just sitting up there. It's just well, his name was his name was actually Tom, wasn't it? it was... I know. Yeah, Pongo is and do you know what? Name. Do you know what I found out actually? And I'm going to say this: Mark Goldbridge isn't Mark Goldbridge's real name. I only found this out yesterday, and I'm literally, I've literally told about twelve people today, and they all went, "Yeah, have you never looked up his Wikipedia?" And I went, "No, why would I be looking up Goldbridge's Wikipedia? His name is Brett De Cesare, and he changed it because he was uh, part of the fraud police, and the fraud police didn't want him to know, want people to know what his real name was. And I was, my mind actually nearly exploded out the side of my head." But I read that yesterday because, yeah, interesting. There's one for you. Yeah, that I'm, sure, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a hundred people in in the in the listenership here that doesn't know who Mark Goldbridge is, and they have the greatest of my respect if they don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, Mark Goldbridge is the United guy. He's the guy. He's on Talk Sport now as well. Yeah, I was mm. I was thought he might be playing a character, but then when I found out that he's uh, that it wasn't his <laughs> real name, I kind of went, "Now my interest is peaked. Now my interest is peaked." Um, but anyway, back to matters. Aston Villa matters more pressing as well. Ollie Watkins, super, super important. Going to be playing at home. I think that the I think the home atmosphere is going to be absolutely rocking. I, th- I, I think, I think people like the, I've heard a lot of people. I've been speaking to a lot of people as well that commented just like you, Paddy, as well that the, the it just sounded brilliant at Goodison. The away support, and I think a lot of people are, are kind of saying, right now. Fuck, we gotta get this done again. We gotta get yeah. done, get it done in Villa Park. And to be I fair, it was brilliant to have Saturday Arsenal. again this weekend, is there? Scarf Saturday. Yeah. yeah. And in fairness, it was brilliant against Arsenal as well. Um yeah, you know, said that, for, yeah. for, for, for 93 minutes. So we, we are on a run with the with the fans. So let let's keep that going. Um the fans, you know, like we 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 heard from Unai Emery talking about the fans and how good they were. We've heard from uh, Emmy Martinez saying how much he loves the fans. Like, it's vital we get this home form right. If we get the home form right and start winning 
home games on top of what we're doing away, we're going to shoot up that table. We're we're going to be super next season. So it's important. So. Like any anyone listen? Who did I listen to the other day? I think it's Dan Dan Bardell always goes to Palace away, doesn't he? Um. I think it was Dan Bardell I was listening yes. to. Yes, right. and Dolan um, always goes as well, or Dolan used to go. Or yeah, I think, yeah I, think, I think I heard Dan Bardell talking on the All Villa No Filler. Would that be correct? Yes, correct, with yeah. Frankie. Uh, Frankie asked Frankie's him what, what's the guy. best away yeah. ground. And, and the best, for me, hands down, anytime you listen to Crystal Palace or watch them on the telly, their fans are epic. They're, yeah. they're just non-stop now like everybody else if they're getting a, a tonkin they 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 put it down and they're, they're like everybody else but in general it's always about getting behind the team until the game is out of sight and i just wish we could instill that in our guys because yeah. it's badly needed it's 100 percent badly needed we, we'd love i'd love it to come a day where uh the, the likes of the greedy six would hate coming to Villa Park because it's as raucous. Even even if we got it up, and and, and let's face it, it's it's it, we're twice the size of uh, Selhurst Park, so we should we should be able to make some noise there for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I I agree, I agree, and I think it will be. I think, uh, I think a win will cure an awful lot of what uh what ails us. I I. I think there was kind of a bit of pessimism in those three games because there were three games that were difficult to win and we didn't win them. And people were like, oh, same old, same old. And we had taken results out of the likes of Brighton and United and Spurs previously. But now we've beaten Everton. And I, look, while it wasn't an unbelievably convincing performance, we still got the job done. And I have a funny feeling, I hope, and, I, and, and I'm almost expecting that we'll get the job done again on Saturday because... We've got a very, very good manager, and there's no, there's no uh, turning, turning away from that. But one thing I do want to talk about as well is that while we do have a very, very good manager, Unai Emery has won none of his three Premier League games against Crystal Palace in his time at <laughs> Arsenal, and he's only faced Liverpool and Wolves uh, more without winning. Now, it was, in fairness, I'm not going to blame Unai Emery because he was coming up against the Colossus that is Roy Hodgson um, when, uh, when he did manage against him. Um, so uh, it just seems to be one of the bo- it was one of the bogey teams for um, for Unai. But I, I don't buy much. In, I don't t- t- uh, you know read much into it. Two new managers, two different teams, two different setups. But um, and that was me being a bit facetious because I really just wanted to talk about Roy Hodgson. But um, I think it's very I, I, like I'm a bit disappointed that Coutinho is injured and now. Looks like he's going to be out for about six weeks again because. You know, he's got to shake that. And he probably might never shake it now at 31 years of age. But that's one thing that people label at him is he can never get a run together. And when he, he never get a good run together anymore because his body's going to let him down. It was labeled at him at, at, at uh, Bayern Munich when he, went back to, when he went back to Barca and all that. And I'm just disappointed he's gone now for about five to six weeks because he was coming into form. I definitely think he would have started against Everton. Whether that would have been a good thing or a bad thing, I think it would have been a good thing given Leon Bailey showing. I don't think Leon Bailey starts at the weekend for me, um, but I didn't think he'd start. I didn't think he'd be the first he man in after Coutinho went yeah. down against Everton either. So, what, what's your view on it, Paddy? What do you think? Yeah, but look, we 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 saw we we've seen it a few times now. We've we've seen a sharp burst of magic from from Coutinho. Um, we saw him score that goal against Arsenal, correct? Did yes. score against Arsenal, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And looked like a, a man who was back playing with magic in his boots and then gets injured in through 
Coutinho style. So look, he's 31 years of age. We've plenty of cover in those positions. So if we can get him coming in and out and 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 putting a bit of magic on the pitch as well when he gets that opportunity, maybe with a good preseason next season and a run in the team, we, we'll see him... Um, you know, gaining momentum and, and, and gaining a lot more minutes under the belt. And, and that might help his injury problems because over the last five years, all he's done is come in and out of teams. He, ha- he's, yeah. he hasn't had any decent run where, he, where he's gone seven, eight, nine, ten games, where he started every game and, and, and played the bulk of the game. So for, for him, I wouldn't be critical because of that. I think it's very hard when you're stop start. You know, we, we saw Danny Ings picking up in niggly injuries, doing the same thing. Yeah. He went to West Ham and did exactly the same thing. So wh- while we have that bit of magic to pull most of the time, we're going to have to put up with, with those uh, with those uh, few games that we miss him for if if we're not going to play him every week. And that's that's how I see it. But yes, I don't see I don't see Leon Bailey starting at the weekend. I'd actually be very disappointed if he does. Um, I think he's had enough of an opportunity. I think I think it's time now to uh, to stand him down and let him work harder when he gets in there. One thing I will say is, you know, the thing with Leon Bailey is if he has a fast start and Villa have a fast start, we normally score very very quickly. And I know I know what you're going to say; it doesn't happen often enough, but. Aston Villa have scored three more goals than any other Premier League team in the opening 15 minutes of home games this season. And I, I, I firmly believe that that's when Leon Bailey does his best work. But saying that, you're coming up against, you're coming up against Gay, you're coming up against um, uh, Anderson, uh, the, the, oh, what's the fullback's name? Again, I can never remember. Is it Ben Johnson? No, Tariq Mitchell is Tariq Mitchell. I always get Ben Johnson and Tariq Mitchell mixed up. Going to be coming up against Mitchell and Klein. Um, now, while I think that he could get some get some good um, purchase out of the likes of Klein, Mitchell has really come on an awful lot. And, and for that reason, I think maybe we're going to go a small bit more central-based. I think we're going to try and play through their midfield. Myself, I don't think we're going to go as wide. I think we're going to try and play through uh, Dukure and Lukanga, um, who are a new partnership inside there. Lukanga, coming from Arsenal, I thought he was going to be really good when he moved to Arsenal. I think they still have high hopes for him. Um, or they had high hopes from should I say he's gone off to Palace now on loan um, he's not really lit it up since he's come in there and I think we're going to try and play through that middle there without trying to go too too wide because like for all that Palace do they're all they're a very counter-attacking side and if they start with the likes of Olise if they start with the likes of Eze is Eze fit um, I think he is he is start he with them, against Liverpool wasn't it they played he did. Yeah. yeah but then again but like they could start with him but most likely they're going to have they're going to have just guys that just love playing against us, like of Andre Ayew and Jeffrey Schlupp. I don't know what it is, and I know Schlupp scored against us recently as well. But the two mm. of them just like this, they seem to up their game a level when they play against Aston Villa, and that's what Crystal Palace are that kind of team. They're that kind of team against us that uh, you know they they a player will come out of nowhere. Like I remember Joel Ward playing for them, and he's still on the squad, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you'd always pinpoint him and say, surely someone's going to have a run at him and absolutely beat him, beat him all ends up. And then he might might have like an 8 out of 10 game that day against yeah. us. And, you know, it was just annoying that kind of things. Or maybe Tompkins was still playing for them up until recently. Like just there's all these, these, these players that just yeah. happen to have that game against Villa. And that's why I never take them for granted. And I'm not, I'm not denigrating those players or anything. It, what I'm trying to get the point of trying to get through here is I never take Palace for granted because 
I have this irrational kind of uh, PTSD over them for whatever reason, and I can never quite put my finger on it. Um, but hopefully that's going to end at, at, at the weekend, Paddy. Paddy, I've got a question for you. Michael Huggins, well, he's directed it to me, but I'm going to redirect it to you. But uh, Michael Huggins asked, please, please tell me now, is there something we should know about Duran starting on Saturday? Nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> Many of a certain age wouldn't see what he did there. I'll be honest, um, it was only when I read it out that I realized that he had done. I didn't, it was when I was reading it in the comment list here, I had the clue. <laughs> yeah, I can't see it. Like we spoke about it last week, and uh, Emery kind of leaned towards the fact that he wasn't ready. Um, the, the man we haven't mentioned either, who hasn't got a look in, but has been there or thereabouts, is Bertrand Traore. So it, it may, be, it may yeah. be time for him to get maybe a half an hour under his belt, if depending on how the game is going. Uh, I don't see him starting at all, but could definitely see him getting getting a run out of some sort. Um, he needs minutes under his belt for sure. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And oh, yeah. not a bad secret weapon to have in reserve. There, we, we've we've seen him doing some. Well, now don't get me wrong, we've seen him having Leon Leon Bailey esque performances, but uh, absolutely, we've um, we we've seen Bertie do some magic stuff. Uh, in the past few years so yeah I'd love to see him get back to his best and we, we, we don't know what Emery could get out of him he's got he's got magic out of some players already and hopefully he can pass that on to Bertrand Triori too Was that the man's name that you read who got 8-8 eight eight in the 25th-26 season Len Capewell I think there was and there was another one there um, Harry Harry Hampton and then there was oh, one Bash. more 19-10 that was the one yeah, that was the one. Got six in a row. Look, the we've one. got the most knowledgeable watchers, viewers in the world. <laughs> I wouldn't. This is great. I was covering up for my failings. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, but the um, what was that song? Actually, I might have an tangent here. There was a song that was sang. It was like they call him Harry Blue, the villa villain. Clary was, Blue. Was it Larry Blue? I can't because I, I remember Clary. hearing that song when I was really young. And Clary uh, as in short for Claret, Clary. Oh, was it Clary Blue? All right, Clary Blue, the villa, villa. I've been singing Harry, Harry Bloom or something like that. I remember singing when I was younger. Um, I remember one of my mates had this song, I had this uh CD and it had a load of um footballing songs on it. And we used to just continuously play the one about Julian Dix. There was a Julian Dix song on it about it, uh, on it, whereas <laughs> Julian Dix is the Terminator, and apparently it was a released song that actually. You know, somebody made it and released it. It wasn't just a piss take. But um, yeah, that was because that was on that, that CD as well. Anyway, sorry. Um anyway, back to back to our regular uh our regular uh broadcasting here. Paddy, um oh I had a question there for you now. Yes, about Traore. You were yeah. uh like he's made the bench now for the last couple of games. And I'm going to go back even further because he's brought back from loan. I'm the more I look at it, and the more I see it. I kind of, I'm kind of going to want to see him on the field pretty soon. Otherwise, I'm going to start thinking, who brought him back from loan? Who brought him back to the club uh, from his loan spell? And was it Nuno Emery decision? And why did Nuno Emery come out and say it was his decision? After look, it's not the most pressing matter in the whole club. Don't get me wrong. But I suppose people like 
everyone here knows that I'd have a soft spot for Bertie and um and, and just his maverick nature on the field. And I know it's going to take him time to get back to fitness, but mm. maybe this might be the game for him to come on and 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 try something. And and uh, I don't think it's going to be the game for him to start because I think Brendia is shooting. I think I think it'd be stupid not to start Brendia in this game after his brilliant cameo. But then again, as you yeah. mentioned, is he that he's 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 that much better coming off the bench than someone like a Bailey? So it's it's going to be a conundrum. But do, does he just trump it all and put in uh, Bertrand Troy instead? Depends how fit he is. Uh, to answer your question, um, I would have thought Mila Yednak was behind that decision to bring him back because if you remember, he picked up an injury and they thought the injury was quite serious, but it turned out not to be too bad. So I think they brought him back to give him some treatment, um, for uh, Aston Villa treatment, and it, it didn't appear to be as bad as it was. So he ended up staying there because nobody else came in for him. Well, he probably would have been unfit by the 31st of January. So here we are like eight weeks later after him coming back. So I guess it makes sense to to get him back, get him training because after all, he is our player. So to get him back for this period of time where he can get used to Emery's system and Emery to get used to him and Emery to count him in or out for next season, whatever that may be. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he would be... Um, a valuable asset to have coming off the bench just because of the dirt of strikers we have at the moment. I don't mean in the long term, it'd be great to have him at the club. I, th- I think we can definitely sign better players, but for now he's our player. Get what we can out of him. If, if, if he come, if he comes back into this team and scores two or three goals before the end of the season from the bench or a moment of magic, well, th- well then happy days. It was worth recalling them. So remember, we had we had got rid of our, our. They were already in the process of getting rid of Danny Ings when he came back. So that's probably a lot in their thinking as well that we had this player out on loan that we were probably paying a portion of his salary anyway. So we may as well take him back, sort out his injury, and bring him back in again. Yeah, I think I think it makes sense. And and look, having those experienced players, knowing that you can't really in the forward department. I'm not going to say that you can't turn to the likes of Brad Young or. You couldn't keep Louis Barry around and bring him, throw him straight into the team. I think the wise, wise decision is to hedge your bets on somebody who's done it before and actually played in the Premier League in a concerted level, concerted amount of games. And um, I think with the financial status of the club actually being um, released this week, and there was some hair-raising stuff there with the ten million still going to Randy Lerner because Tony, Doctor Tony, couldn't pay his bad debts. That's fine. I've no no real problem with that. If there was if there was an agreement there, there's an agreement there. Uh, the the owners would have taken that on, no taking that on in in full knowledge of, of what was yeah. what, what was what was coming down there. But um, and I didn't read it all. My my cursory glance to it, and I'm open to be told I'm wrong on this, was that we made a 400k profit or something like that at the end of last season. <laughs> and uh, you know, as I say, I believe that this uh. This club is is playing by the rules of financial fair play, and the reason I'm gone into that as a conversation is that that probably had a bearing on. Let's bring back somebody that were, as you mentioned there, that we're already, you know, funding or or putting a portion of our funds towards. Let's bring it back. Let's pay the full funds for his full his full contract. He's a good player. Like he's he's not a bad player. He's a good player, and he's an experienced player. Yes, he's not Lewandowski. You know, he's not. He, he, and 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 he does have his failings, but you know he knows the league. He's got forty, fifty odd games in the league so far, and uh, he's he's going to be great, great to have coming off the bench if if we need him. And as you said, I think my expectation for him was maybe if he got 
four goal con- contributions in the course uh, of the, the last 18 games is what he was going to play. And um, if you got four goal contributions, I think that would have been absolutely fantastic. Whether they be assists or whether they be goals themselves, um, I think that that would have been great to see. And I actually do hope that we see start to see some minutes for him now as he gets his fitness up. And I think with Coutinho being out, it could be an opportunity for him. So that's why I was rolling the, the two in together. Matt Hanlon, I want to say thank you so much, Matt. Really appreciate that. Um, Cheers, Matt. And looking forward to, to Crystal Palace and the next run of games with good stuff from you two gents. Well, I hope that we can... Oh, we'll bring you something anyway, whether it'll be good, I don't know about that, but we'll keep on bringing you podcasts. So thank you so much. And Glenn, I just noticed this. I asked you a question. Glenn, like myself, as a penchant for the old home brewing, um, I have, uh, some of you guys might know, actually in the early days of the podcast, I used to I used to put up pictures of myself uh, brewing beer before, and uh, but I've mothballed the system since the little one came along. But I think I'm going to bring it out this, this spring and start making a nice little, Nice little uh, saison or something like that for the for the uh, the summer. But Glenn, Glenn isn't messing around, lads. Glenn isn't messing around. He's after Jesus. brewing a ten point five ABV coffee stout. Yeah, I tell you, I wouldn't be drinking too many of those on a on a live podcast anyway. There could be anything come oh out God. of me after after two of those. Uh, but fair play <laughs> to you. Um, yeah, there's the. That's that. I'd be if I was making one of those now. I'd be putting it in, putting it in bottles, or putting it in cans, and leaving it there till Christmas, and then having a nice taste off it. Then, but uh, oh, you actually have your own home roasted coffee beans infused in the fermenter as well. That's amazing. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that diligent <laughs> uh, if I can't be bought in the shop. If I can't be bought in the in the home brew store, I, I I probably wouldn't be going to the effort of roasting my own beans. But fair play to you, Glenn. Um, see, you come to this podcast and you get half facts and stuff about brewing, brewing your own beer so that's that's probably go. what you get when you come to this podcast but Matt Hanlon you are also is another oh, sorry Paddy go ahead uh I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give another plug I'm not even gonna talk about this podcast today I'm gonna tell people that you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't check out Michael Calvin's football people it's a podcast by BT Sport Today, I, I, you me, I mentioned it this time last week, he had Unai Emery on the podcast. Today, he had Emmy Martinez. I'm, we're not even going to talk about what Emmy Martinez said, but I think you'll enjoy it. I think it was I haven't a really, listened to it yet. But Paddy it's a, a really good there. listen to it. And, and you know what? I listened to it twice today. That That's how much I enjoyed it. Really? Um, I, I, I could just listen to Emmy all day long. He, he's just an infectious kind of character. Um. But I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Listen to it. There's a couple of good nuggets in there, including a little bit of him dreaming about Aston Villa future. So it's worth having Brilliant. a listen. Excellent. Do give it a listen. Um, Paddy's not on commission, I swear. Well, if he is, I don't know about it. Um, Definitely not on permission. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try, we try and get Michael Calvin on. We try and get him on. Would he come on? Would he come on this little I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Fake Very knowledgeable, Michael. Not a Villa fan by any means. He's a Millwall fan, but uh, I've I've been listening to him for many I've years. To his before there, he's he's yeah. a good interviewer. He's a really good interviewer. Yeah, yeah he like he asks the questions that you want asked. Mm. That's that's the way I look at it. So, uh, yeah, def, definitely have a have a listen back if if you get the chance. Paddy, so Matt, is after it on here. I think it's on all podcast channels. I don't yeah. know if it's on YouTube. Uh, no, I don't think it is. It's on audio podcast, so you'll find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I have it lo- lined up for tonight. I'm going to listen to yeah. it. Um, maybe I might listen to it on my journey tomorrow. Hmm, we'll see. Um, Matt Hanlon asks, does Stato keep referee stats as well? 
There you go, Stato. I don't know. Do you keep them? But I am going to ask um, uh, somebody who has once said to me that stati- oh, no, no, I don't, somebody who doesn't have statistics and referees but has opinions and referees. I'm going to ask Paddy what he thinks about Craig Parson instead. <laughs> I, I've given up commenting on them individually. They're all as bad as each other. Isn't that, isn't that what I came up with after I got a, an awful uh, slagging on Twitter and everywhere else over something I said about a referee? But yeah, they're all they're all as bad as each other. I don't I don't think Craig Parson is the worst of them, but quite capable of robbing you like on any given day like the rest of them. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping that we don't have to talk about referees or VAR and everything is done properly. Not like the last few weeks have been just awful to watch as as a neutral, especially awful to watch. Paddy, this one is well, I don't know actually. Mike, Frank Worthington might be ahead of your, might be before your time as well. But Michael Huggins says, "Bertie reminds me of Frank Worthington. He's style of play. No idea what he'll do. <coughs> no, my memories of Frank Frank Worthington was before my time as well. But my memories of Frank Worthington were seeing him on Soccer AM when it was the Worthington Cup. Remember when the League Cup was called the Worthington Cup, and they used to have Frank Worthington on, um, regularly when it was called the Worthington Cup back when Soccer AM was really good." Uh, and that was my, my uh, introduction to Frank Worthington. And actually, I went down then to try and find out, was he any good from it, or was it just the fact his name was Worthington? And yeah, he was a pretty maverick player, all right. I think he, oh, he was, play. for sure. I, think um, um, I, don't, I don't remember him playing, but I did spend a rather raucous evening in his company, which we'll say no more about. And as a result, I did look up some of his games and some of the moments that people were talking about when I was in his company. And yeah, he's he's worth checking out. He was he was a he was a pretty um, colourful character on the pitch for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was Nigel Worthington's father, wasn't he? Was he? <laughs> no, he wasn't Nigel Worthington's <laughs> father. They're about the one age, I'd say. The two of them. But uh, well, Frank Worthington is. 72 yeah no he's not Nigel Worthington's father but like what it what it should be it should almost be a mastermind topic to name all Frank Worthington's teams you'd be there all day well he played played, in the league of Ireland Petty didn't he play in America played played a good bit in America yeah he was one of the first players I'd say to go to America well not one of the first but yeah he played played in America all right but uh played in the league of Ireland in 1989 I'm just, I just have you up here. Played two games for Galway United. My Jesus. lucky club up here. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say he was only over here in a stag and I ended up playing two games and then went home Probably. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James Bourne, thank you so much for that, James. Uh, really Cheers, appreciate James. it. Matt, thank you again. Thanks a million, Matt, for, for the super sticker as well. Um, I had one last question. Uh, I had one last question. I can't think of a petty. Um. Do you know what? It'll have to wait. No, I'll remember it at some stage later on. It'll have to wait for the team sheet tantrum because I am hoping to have a team sheet tantrum. 150 on Saturday. Um, all depends on Wi-Fi dependent uh, whether we will have it or not. I'm expecting there should be no problem uh, in this place uh, with Wi-Fi, but it is... Um, yeah, but just in case we don't, I will try and post something up on Twitter to let you guys know anyway. But we should be able to, but uh, Team Sheet Tantrum should be there 10 to ten to 2 on Saturday and then post-match then shortly yeah. after that, after the game. Should, at should you not be available, I will chance it on my own. Let's see how we I'll, go. See, the thing is, 
Either might be a shorty version, but we'll give it a go. Either way, Paddy, you're going to have to drive the bus from this side because I'll be on my phone. So either way, that's the, okay. so I was going to tell you that afterwards, but we might as well have our pre-production <laughs> meeting right now in the open. Um, but you'll be driving the comments. Um, it's uh, so I'll, I'll definitely be on the phone only. But uh, yeah, thanks a million, everybody, for dropping in. Um, six minutes past ten here in Ireland, so we're going to let you guys get to bed or get to work, so depending on what part of the of the of the world that you're listening to but thanks William for a really enjoyable conversation some really really good questions there what well, we spoke about Clary Blue I found out that Clary Blue Clary Blue the villa villain was the words of the song all these years ago and Paddy has a story that he's definitely telling me when the microphones get turned off about Frank Worthington because my interest <laughs> is peaked now um but until uh until Saturday guys everybody um appreciate you and we hope to see you again Saturday 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 stay safe Stay healthy and all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.